Hello and welcome to the Teacher Takeaway Podcast, a podcast by teachers for teachers. I am Alice Figures and I'm joined here on this episode by Rebecca West. Hello, everybody. Aaron Johnston. Hello. And James Gray. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. This is episode 20 and not only have we reached our 20th episode but during the week we also hit 10,000 downloads which is very exciting we'd like to thank you our listeners for supporting us so far this episode we are talking all things returning to school we're going to look at how do we support our students returning to school from remote learning which is now the reality for many New South Wales teachers in the coming weeks. And with that, I know we'll bring lots of excitement and a little bit of anxiety. So let's begin our chat team tonight by starting off with the idea about around well-being. What about the anxiety that many students, teachers, leaders might be feeling as we come back off what are we a hundred days of lockdown more now around (laughs) around that returning back into the classroom from all of that many many weeks of remote learning James what are your thoughts well it's a definitely an interesting one Alice because obviously you know for our teachers who listen from other states our international um, teachers, this is something that we're all going to be dealing with and some more so might have already dealt with this, others might be dealing with it in the um, near future. But the first thing that you're talking about, the well-being, because it's something we've talked about in our previous podcasts about the well-being of our students, our teachers, our parents, the whole community, that if the well-being's not there, we can't focus on t- learning. So I guess the, the thing that we need to be thinking about is, as teachers and for our leaders who are listening, but what are we going to be first doing to support our students as they're returning into the classroom? And a key thing about wellbeing is not over-preparing. And what I mean by over-preparing of going, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. What we need to focus on is that these kids are going to be anxious. They've just dealt with, like yep. you were saying, about over 100 days of the a time that no one has ever experienced before, you know, in history in our current modern uh, times. So, when I'm talking about well-being, if if my class was coming back, I'd be keeping it very simple of sitting down and just having an honest, open conversation and checking in with, with the class and and not preparing too much for that first week or not having. Um, and I don't mean I'm not having high expectations of my students, but I'm being flexible with my timing and I'm being realistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going not to be bombarding checking, them with not assessment. bombarding them exactly mm-hmm. right in that initial time. Then I'm going to be checking in with my parents. I'm going to be communicating with them, whether it's through um, whatever application your school group uses, is talking to them, making them aware of the different things that are going to be happening because you can prepare them. They're going to be anxious for um, our ones working within our stage groups. Even though we might be speaking to our colleagues and they're saying, I'm so excited about coming back. Yeah, everyone's might might be a bit excited, but let's remember it's been over 18 weeks since we've been on school doing our usual on-site. Yes, we've been working ridiculously hard from our home environment and our flexible work rosters in at school, but we've got to remember 
our staff, yes, they're going to be excited, but what are we going to be to do supporting one another? And something that I encourage you is just checking in. And if you're someone, you might be hearing your colleagues going, yeah, I'm so excited. And you're the one sitting there going, actually, I'm a little bit nervous and apprehensive. That's okay. You're allowed to be nervous and apprehensive. And, and it's just about for you not having too much higher expectations on yourself. Keep it simple, check in, be clear and communicate. I think that's more important parts, Alice. Yeah, some great messages there. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, um, definitely what James said. And I think it's it's recognising that it is a real thing. Um, it's funny enough, we actually got a email today from our school counsellor and he sent out this, um, I guess, article from psych.com about re-entry syndrome, that it's um, like it's a real mental health um, condition and um, something that we need to, I guess, think about and, number one, realize like James was saying that if we are feeling the way we are feeling that it's valid and it's okay. Um, but also not blowing it off if we don't feel it, but think that other people aren't really feeling it, if you know what I mean, because yeah. everybody is going to approach this differently. And I think coming back into the classroom with our students, it's recognizing that this is a real thing, no matter what your age, um, that there are, very likely going to be kids that um, are coming back into the classroom with us that are, you know, um, going to be feeling the anxiety of coming back to school because, you know, I think as us as adults, we are, you know, anxious about what could happen. Um, how much more would children be feeling that when they have so much less control over their world and what happens to them? And um, one thing that we were talking about is, giving students time to to have conversations about how they are feeling um, and voicing their, I guess, the things that they are anxious about and working with, you know, the students, staff, parents about what things can we do to support students through, I guess, maybe the support um, processes we have at school to help them, but even just about having conversations around, well, what are some things we can do at a classroom level to help um, ease some of those anxieties they have, like giving time for questions, because I know there's so many questions I have about how this going back to school thing is going to work, but giving my students time to have those conversations and say, you know, let's talk about this. What are you worried about? Are there things that you want to know more about? Because too often we just sometimes don't talk about those things. Um, so it's important that we give kids the opportunity in our classes to have those conversations and be honest, like we might not have the answers um, and that's okay too. But I think it's allowing kids to feel like they've got that opportunity to have a voice and share where they're at. And then us looking at, you know, how can we, what can we proactively do to help relieve some of those worries? I think yeah. stemming from that too is um, that idea that, you don't have to necessarily help the kids pinpoint that answer because it could just be, this is a period of unrest and I have no idea what's going on. And some of those kids won't know. They, and, mm. and we won't know. And we like, even if you get the school psychologist in to, to go, well, what is this anxiety stemming from? Is it particularly the masks? Is it particularly the hand washing? Is it, you know, the fact that the routines changed or any of those things it, it could just be everything combined and they won't know. And I think mm. it's, we need to be prepared that it will be, it will present differently in some kids. We know those kids that will run 
they will want to abscond. We know those kids that will want to hide under desks just because they can. Some might not want to talk. They might come back and just decide this is too overwhelming for me to engage in conversation. And it's just about just giving them that time, that space. I like the idea of having those conversations around it, especially when our kids are probably expecting to come back to normal. They probably have no idea that we're preparing hand washing times and toilet times and possibly, you know, uh, the the staggered entries and, uh, you know, different areas and all those sorts of things. Or if we've got the the mask wearing and all those sorts of things, they probably all they can probably picture is a normal day in their mind and they get to come back to school and that's what they're excited about. And when they come in and they see it's different uh we don't know how those There's kids more are going change. to take that yeah lots more change this isn't this it will not feel like the usual safe space that it felt like before and we need to mm. make sure that we've recreated that safe space for the kids as they come in so that that can still come down to like you said James absolutely high expectations of our kids we know they're capable of it but we're also going to give them a break and cut mm. them some slack if they're not coping <laughs> yes exactly yeah. real and same Absolutely. for our teachers too. That's we real. don't know how we're going to react going back to seeing other people again. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. have to get out of my sweatpants. That's and that's what <laughs> I mean. And, like, <laughs> and it's seriously been 18 weeks. As much as we're all excited to do something, it is a huge adjustment. And mm. yes, it's our job and we've been doing an amazing job working from home, but it's very different times as like you're saying, it's different for the students going back. It's different for all the teachers going back. You know, and I know an important message is focus on what we can control within the school. Try and, I know it's hard, block out all the external things, but focus on what we can control because if we try and take everything in that's happening within the world at the moment, it can can consume you and take away from actually, you know, our core business in there. And I know it's easier said than done, but focus on what we can control. I imagine there's going to be a lot of tiredness. Yeah. Uh, My my daughter the other day... um, managed to chat online with a friend of hers that hasn't been able to access online stuff throughout this whole period for whatever reason they've suddenly got it she was all excited about seeing one of her bffs or talking to her bffs <laughs> you know after like 14 weeks yeah yeah it was exhausted afterwards from the yeah. excitement the endorphins and everything i think our kids it's going to be like a sugar high they're going to come in and be all excited and they're going to be so tired by the end of the day yeah. and we might be too because reintroduce nap time yeah, oh, seriously for kindergarten. Sleeping no. lions. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> but that, that's a serious point, like as we, we talk a little bit about the classroom life now, is that for our students, for across our different years where we normally have that five hours of learning within the classroom, we've been planning, depending upon the stage, two to three hours. So we can't expect the same output as we move a little bit forward into the weeks as they're at school. It's going to take time to work up to it. Please do not go ahead, like I mentioned, in the well-being part of planning these full intensive full days of learning. For the last 18 weeks, they haven't been doing that. Yes, mm. that's right. You know? Yeah. And routine- even I know, James, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Um, I was just going to say um, that even, you know, for regional, we were only in lockdown for what, four weeks or something like that, really short period of time. And my son was back for a week and then he had two weeks off. And they've been back at school this week. But even the last, you know, couple of days, getting back into that routine, he's come home from school so emotional and overwhelmed and, you know, it's all just like, oh, my gosh, you know, getting back into that routine has been really hard. 
when you're so used to, as you said, only having that short period of learning throughout the day as opposed to a full-on what mm. we normally do at school, it's it's going to be a hard, hard yakker and hard term for yeah. students and for staff, really. Yeah, sure. And I think it's an important one of, you know, when we're talking about those routines as we settle back into that normal classroom life, I think, you know, like Beck was mentioning before about um, they'll be expecting, you know, traditionally their pre-COVID of what a normal day looks like, but keeping to some of those routines and expectations are going to be so important because during this remote learning, depending upon the context where, where you're working, you might have had several students in your class who didn't engage with remote learning at all. So their learning could be, you know, so far, um, again, hasn't hadn't made much progress, which is completely okay, depending upon the settings um, that we're all working in. But just building those routines because behaviour management um, and classroom management during those initial times are going to be so important. And by keeping it simple and re-establishing those routines early on are going to help you set up for success. Mm. Yeah. The way the way I look at it, really, it's, it's like day one of the year again and yeah. going back to a complete reset. You know, the start of the year when I get my new class, I focus so much, like you were saying, James, re-establishing those routines, relationships, building connections, yeah. play, doing a lot of get to know yeah. you activities. Um, and that's going to, that's going to be the focus when, when we go back, I know, because it is, it's like starting the year all over again. Um, and like you said, not having that expectation that they're just going to slot back in and pick up where they left off. Yeah. Um, but also giving ourselves the space to, to do that not feeling like that like you said we've got to go back to a full five hours and we've, we've got, got to cover, catch them up we've got to do this yeah we've yeah. got to cover every kla and we've got to do you know catch up on all the units that we didn't do um give yourself the space to go no i'm going to focus on what's really important because you know you we've we've got that time and you know That's we're true. lucky that we've we've got that that freedom from nessa here in new south wales um you know, around curriculum requirements. That's it. They've given us that flexibility around, even around reporting, around what our focus is. And they're saying, you know, really have that clearer uh, expectation on, you know, English and maths. And let's think ourselves very, very lucky because we, this lockdown could have gone longer and we would have just had nothing right up to the end (sighs) of the year. This isn't our chance to like stuff our handbags full of whatever we can while we're there. We need to make sure we're doing the best for the kids at the end of the day. And you're likely going to have some kids that uh, don't want to re-engage, but they're there because they've been kicked out of the house because they're allowed to come back now and mum and dad have had enough (laughs) of home learning and they're just like, but I don't want to go back to school. And that will be an even harder thing when you're setting up those expectations. That will be a bit tougher than, or you know what? It might be like day one where they've just heard what teacher they've got and it's not their favourite teacher and Mm, they don't know what that looks like and they're a bit apprehensive. and Disappointment all over again. (laughs) <laughs> surely not in my class yeah that's it. <laughs> no um, and that's the hard thing too is that um some schools out there are going to have to have a, a casual or a supporter an rff teacher taking a class just because i know in those uh, regional areas they've been struggling to get their second vaccination just the the different supply that's there as well and it's yeah their, their teacher might not be there they might be going back to a different teacher 
So um, if you're someone who's suddenly been put onto one of those classes, you just, it is literally day one with your own class, you know, setting up those things. Like James always says, start small. Achieve success. That's right. Scale it up. That's it. And that's that's so fitting within this, within this model. And if I'm thinking if I was, you know, an AP leading a stage or if I was a classroom teacher, I'm working collaboratively within my stage group at the moment. It's good to have a long-term plan of, you know, what we want to achieve roughly, you know, in the six weeks or whatever we have going back. But more formally, I'd be more planning, you know, on a weekly kind of basis because as we've seen in the COVID climate, things change so much and so Mm. fast. And I wouldn't want, you know, people wasting so much time going, we're going to smash out this six week, you you know, let's go. You're doing week seven, Aaron, Beck, you're doing week eight, Alice, you're doing week nine and 10. Just, you can have a rough plan of what you want to achieve, but then just work on that weekly kind of basis because you need to reflect upon how that week's been, you know, because that point of need for that week mm. on could be completely different. Yeah. yeah. Just that's a exactly skeleton, right. just a skeleton yeah. idea of what you're going to do and, if you're a teacher there out there as well that's thinking I'm going to have a couple of doozy kids coming back, bring that to the attention of your supervisor and your learning support team so that they can start to map that out now so they can decide. Mm. You know, schools have saved a lot of casual money. They have. We've got a lot of more in our budget. Yeah, same. So you're at that point now where you go, do you know what? This particular yeah. student or cohort or the entire school, whatever, yeah. you know, needs this additional support. There are casual teachers out there waiting for your call. There are SLSOs out there waiting to be booked as well. Go and book them and, and yeah. utilise that funding that you've got to mm. give those kids. Yeah, support get the support on your side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was one of the things I was going to say, um, you know, we we are having those conversations now and having, um, you know, starting to, I guess, look at early referrals for those support systems that we normally have mm-hmm. um, in place for our students, but prioritising students that we know are going to struggle, um, you know, with counsellor support or, you know, extra learning support, teacher's aid support to help them transition back into that regular routine. Mm. Um, have those conversations now before they return in two weeks' time. Um, and, and start to think, you know, so that when they come back, um, you know, they've got a plan in place or maybe it might be a matter of maybe making up a social story that can go home to the child now. So they've got two weeks to be getting themselves ready for that, for that to happen. Perfect. What about staff well-being? What are you as leaders doing to support staff as they return back to being on site, back into the classroom when all of those beautiful kids that can't wait to see their smiling face. I'm, we, I'm counting down now in our team yes. meetings, counting down to the exciting part when we get to see our kids. Just I, I know it seems a bit um, sugarcoating, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's like, okay, I know we've got some crap coming. I know we've got some hard yes. days coming, but we've got such good stuff coming too. I want to try and focus on that bit a little bit, even if it's for my mm. own sanity. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sorry, Aaron. I was I was going to say we uh, are currently brainstorming. Um, so anyone who is at my school, just please um, stop listening now. Um, <laughs> we are we are we're trying to organise something for our staff as like a welcome back sort of celebration when everybody is back that first week on site. Um, doing something intentional. We have like a staff social club, so the ho- the social club sort of 
hosting something um, or doing something, little presents or something to to celebrate that, hey, we're all back together. We might not all be able to be in the same room with restrictions and things like that and keeping, you know, people, you know, from mingling too much, but being intentional about let's do something in that first week, that's going to boost everyone's, you know, I guess, joy of being back to school. I like that idea. And um, something that we're just thinking about is setting up the settings within our school for our teachers to thrive. So what I mean by that is taking away things for them to not have to do or to worry about by providing them more time into their day. And even when we talk about assessment and reporting, simplifying everything they do so all they need to worry about is those kids within their care. And similar to what Aaron was saying before, that we've got, we're have got we very fortunate to have a large student support services team that wrapping that support around our teachers, that no one is alone, that every student is all of our responsibility. So it's just from my perspective in my role is just making sure that we have the system set up within the school for teachers to thrive, that they've got no onerous responsibilities, no added things. They're provided with time and we wrap around support for them and have regular conversations and check-ins um, with them to before we say it's too late, you know, why did this person break it? Well, that conversation should have been had earlier that we had that. So thinking about some of the settings that we have within our schools for our teachers to thrive, um, something within my school that we've been thinking about and acting yeah. upon. <laughs> which I think is so important that, you know, we have such a massive workload as teachers and at this time to to take some of that off their plate I think is really important and will be appreciated, no doubt, by your wonderful staff. Yeah. <laughs> we talked briefly and there was mention about the classroom life and around what that might look like as students return to it. Let's talk expectations, processes, routines. Aaron, I know you mentioned, you know, it's it's like we're going back to day one, beginning of the year. What will that look like for you and your team as the students come back? What are those kinds of things that you are planning on looking at or revisiting as the, as the kids return to you? So I think the most important thing is like reestablishing those connections um, so early on in the year, there's a real heavy focus on getting to know one another and setting that that culture in the classroom and I guess the norms around how our classroom works. So for me, it really is going to go back to, um, first of all, reconnecting, getting to know each other, talking, I guess, about, um, you know, where we're at now um, and doing those sort of activities that foster that sense of team and collaboration and um, that good classroom culture. So we'll probably start with a lot of that. Um, but having those, you know, a lot of, I guess, a lot of talk and a lot of conversations to, to, you know, where are we at? What are we, what are we happy about being at school about? What are we unsure about? Um, and then working together, I guess, to just reestablish some, some good routines around, you know, the expectations in the classroom, what we should and shouldn't do. Um, and again, building all of that together with students like we do at the start of the year. So we've got that, I guess, cohesive um, learning environment where everybody's, you know, bought into it because they've been involved in the process of setting up a classroom for success. 
And then I think a big part of it is, you know, having fun, making sure that this transition back to school is is fun and keeping it light. Um, and like, you know, everyone said, not overburdening them with assessments and, you know, tasks that are, um, you know, stressful and things like that. But trying to make, because for me personally, I've got year five and six. This is the last, you know, um, seven weeks of my stu- my year six kids in primary school. And I want to make it as fun and as memorable for them as possible because it's already been a horrible end of their primary school. so much in their final year. That's right. So That's for, my daughter's year. <laughs> yeah, for me particularly, it's, it's about trying to make this whole time as fun as possible um, because we, you know, we do have a bit more freedom around what we can do um, because we don't have those, you know, restrictions on us in regards to the expectation of you know getting through the curriculum like we do under normal circumstances so I guess it's really making use of that opportunity and having a big focus on well-being um and you know and building that you know culture again from the beginning because we're all coming back with you know different levels of experience like I said there'll be kids that are dying to just get back into normal school life and there'll be ones that you know dragging them through the door yeah, absolutely. Beck, what about you? What are your thoughts? I what think, are you expecting of your team? Uh, I, I think we're pretty well set in terms of expectations. We've had these conversations sort of throughout as to what that will look like going back and we've managed to uh, talk about which kids are going to be our priority kids and starting that re-engagement process now with those ones that we know haven't been um heavily engaged during remote learning so phone calls home we're excited we're going to see you again like the focus isn't what work did you do today that focus is you know we're going to see you in you know however many days and have that conversation around that so that maybe it hypes up the kids a little bit to coming back as opposed to them finding out the day before did you know you're going back to school tomorrow by their parents that may not have said anything um especially those families that we haven't been able to engage online just because they don't have the technology, you know, that conversation around, don't worry, it's not long to go. It's not long to go. We're near the end now. We're nearly back at school, uh, you know, around the things that we've had, like the the baby alpaca and everything, you know, all that kind of exciting stuff that they're going to get to come back and see and focusing on the positive. Um, I've got an amazing team of teachers that I work with that are really all quite in sync around that. They they acknowledge themselves. They're going to have to get the kids back into routine. They're not going to dive straight into assessment or anything like that. Uh, it doesn't stop us from making those observations around kids, you know, giving them yeah. those the, the books and, you know, giving them a bit of writing to do and just going, hey, that kid has not lost a single thing or, oh, my God, that that kid is going to be a high priority for me, you know, and having those conversations So, um, you know, when we think about, I guess, you know, don't jump straight into assessment. Yes, please don't set them up with the phonics check first week back. Please don't do that. (laughs) Because you're not going to get a valid result anyway after this much time at home. Give them a chance to settle back into gear. It's like, you know, when you haven't done yoga for a while, give it a week and the memory muscle starts to kick back in. You know, it feels a bit better. You feel a bit more confident with it and you can perform a bit better. The same will be for our kids as well. So I would say as a teacher, you are the expert in observing your kids. Mm. Absolutely. And then when you feel they are ready to jump in to do a bit more of that, you know, whether it's formative, summative assessment that you need to get off them, then then go into it. The thing that I like is, and I say, when I say like 11 week term, it actually gives us 
a really good extra week here. <laughs> it was terrible when we saw that calendar, <laughs> 11 mm. weeks in term four. Who does that to teachers? Yes. It's actually going to serve us really well. So if I think of, you know, kindy and year one going back, it's the beginning of week three. They're still getting, I'm doing maths on my hand, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11. What's your counting on, <laughs> Nine, Beck? Yeah. Great job. Good counting on, Beck. I'm Beck still, is still learning day, too. Is I was thinking, <laughs> Beck, you probably could have done 11 takeaway two. I could have, but I'm tired. That's I one strategy we're going to focus on with Beck West. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just, I, we just made observations of you. Yeah. We've That's just it. identified <laughs> a, a learning goal for Beck returning to school. That's right. Now, <laughs> the thing is, too, with, with this assessment stuff, like normally at the end of the year, our big thing is we need to get this assessment done for uh, harvesting data and for reports. And we know now we've been given flexibility around reports. So please don't have that as your thing in your head. I have to have my reports done by week six. We can push them back because they're not as onerous. We can do the ticker boxes. You can fill them in at the beginning of week 10 and still get it to parents in plenty of time. So Unless your school's set different settings. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Then you what might have, depending upon your role, you might have that flexibility, but have that conversation to go the why. why I would advocate for that. If you were at a school that is saying, give me all of your reports by week six, I would say, how and why? Why does it need to be that early when we've got this, this extra time up our sleeve to do it? I mean, if the whole point is to give parents the time to come in and talk to you about, you know, point of need for your kids and you need that time to make those parent-teacher meetings, I guess I can't argue with that one as a reason. I think I could That's find right, reasons, other reasons to argue with. <laughs> Context-specific. Mm. That's it. But, I mean, we've, I, I feel like I think in, in our mindsets because we've lost so much time, we feel we've only got a little bit of time left at the end of the year because we know in term four our kids wind down, they get tired, we get tired. But... They might come back on a really excited high. We don't know. We'll see how they go. Yeah. And, and I think back to it, it's literally about taking it as it comes. Like everything, yeah. we're going to have good days. We're going to have mm-hmm. days that don't work as well as others. And like we said, not trying to map out the whole um, mm-hmm. term. The next nine weeks, this we're doing this and this and this and this and this, but taking it as it comes, using that intuition that we have as educators and, and going with what really needs to happen right now. Yep, we might have a loose plan, but having that flexibility because like anything, it's going to be a roller coaster. Even when we come back to school, the last few weeks have been a roller coaster. It's going to continue to be a roller coaster, you know, with everything that's just got to happen, but also just the emotions. And kids, like we said, getting back into routine, us getting back into routine and, you know, just taking it as it comes, I think is important, which, you know, doesn't always work for teachers because we usually are the people that we like to be planned and we like to know what we're doing and, you know, but um, perhaps this will be a good opportunity for growth, personal growth. Nice. So given that it is a report term and we do in New South Wales have that flexibility from Nessa around what that might look like, what are some tips, ideas, strategies, suggestions that you might have as we head towards reporting for literacy and numeracy this term? 
I guess depending, like a, a tough one for our listeners out there is uh, I understand with that autonomy within some of the strategies we may say you might go, well, how my school context has set it up doesn't allow me to do that. But from a holistic perspective, remember when our students come back um, year two to six in week four, for the previous 13 weeks, we should have observations of what we identified with, depending again upon your context, of those students engaging with their learning. So during that time, you have so much, so many observations of their work samples. And I know that some schools still did some modified assessments. So you've got data already there that you can identify areas of strength, area for improvement. Regarding of what your school has set up, I know whether it's just the general comment or if there's checker boxes or if there's an English maths and general and others, you have areas of strengths for area for improvement. You don't need to be waiting back for week four and week five to be going here's another assessment because i don't know what they've done Mm. you've got 14 weeks there if you've got students who haven't engaged with remote learning for the past 14 weeks sure they're ones you might get out a writing sample and different ones to check in where they're at so you can comment on their area um, of strength for improvement but for the large majority of your class you're already going to have records Mm. there for you to comment on it because i really hope in your school that something simple and um, not too onerous is set out. Curious, do you, like, do you, and I'm genuinely curious on your personal opinion on this one too, is do you think parents care what reports say this semester? Depending upon your community, Beck, um, Mm. I think, you know, the the context of your community, again, you know, this, I, I can think about some school communities where I've worked in where it'd be like, they don't even care. They'd care if their kid's got a smile on their face because when yeah. they look at that report, they just go to the general anyway to see what mm. their kid's like. But yeah. then other places I've worked where they're so big about achievement and how their student has gone and not even having an A to E there will, will make them worried and why. Yeah. So I mm. guess my personal opinion is that it shouldn't matter, but I know there would be communities and contexts where they'd be, still a high expectation yeah. on reporting. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think there'll be some parents that feel like it's a report actually on them rather than their, yeah. their students. Yeah. And how, Especially yes. if you're reporting on home learning. And how they did in home learning. And so that's why it's important to be mindful um, that we're reporting on the students' um, achievement, um, not the students' perhaps lack of engagement when mm-hmm. it was a situation they have no control over. Yep. Um, reports isn't a chance for them to have a go at them because they didn't engage in remote learning that that might not be anything to do with them um so like james was saying we still have weeks up our sleeve where if we don't have a lot about a student hopefully we've got enough for the majority and there are a couple that we might have to um you know pay a bit more attention to to get some you know data to help us make those comments about where they're at, where they need to go next. Um, So it's timely, but um, yeah, being mindful of, I think how we frame our reports because it will be, I think it will be a sensitive issue. There'll be those parents that will be upset if they feel like their students gone backwards, but there'll be Mm. those parents that, like you said, James don't really care. There'll be those parents that take anything that's in that report personally, like it's a reflection on them and how they've done um so I think even in saying that it's it's important that we recognize the season that we're in and we maybe report accordingly and it might not be the way we would normally comment in our comments if that makes sense um yeah because it's a different it's a different time it's you know 
the same audience, but the audience has changed. Yeah, can you imagine right that now. poor parent if they if they know how their kid, you know, reported in semester one and then compared to semester two and it looked like they had gone backwards and they would just feel like, well, I did mm. a disservice. I failed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's why your language is so important. Yeah, yeah and I think definitely. it's I think it's really important. I don't want to say lower the bar, but we adjust what we would normally do. Um, adjust the goalpost. Yeah. The goalposts have moved. We can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can report or comment in reports the way we would traditionally. No, definitely not. And I like Mm. that you said, James, you know, we do have a lot of evidence of learning prior. And if suddenly our kids come back and they cannot do that, did they actually master that skill in the first place? Like if that's, you know, if if it's completely gone, you know, what happened there? That would be an interesting conversation. Well, it's a conversation that, like you say, they haven't got a mastery of their learning on that, whatever that content was, isn't mm. it? Because they mm. can't then activate their prior knowledge to do it. So it's still an area to, to address maybe. Mm. Mm. Some good tips and thoughts and ideas there, team. Takeaways. As we look at wrapping up episode 20, what are your key takeaways around returning to school? Back. I'm start with to, you. I'm, I'm going to take away the last thing that Aaron just brought up because I no, have No, I'm going to take it. It's mine. <laughs> you can all it. take it. Mine now. <laughs> um, just it. around a sensitivity to our parents and how how what we say about where our kids are at is going to impact them as parents and how they feel they've supported their kids that entire time because we know some parents didn't have the technology. Some parents may not have had the literacy skills. Some parents may not have been able to even be home in the hours they needed to, to support those kids doing that. So I really want to be mindful, even in my conversation, if if they come up and they say, how's little Johnny doing now? I can't turn around and go, oh God, he's so far behind now. He's lost so much because that will just seep into their brain and they will take that away. And that's not Mm -hmm. something I want my parents to take away. So I'm going to be really mindful of that going back. Yeah. Yeah, I know one thing, Beck, I've always framed around conversations is, you know, we will do what we always do as teachers and that's teach them where they're at. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter whether they've gone forwards or backwards. We'll just just teach them where they are. Yeah, point of need. Yeah. James. Uh, Just the importance um, of routines when we're coming back and that um, the, the importance of communication with our students, with our parents and with our teachers that we've all just experienced in our modern times, no one has. So let's understand that we're all in this together and we need to support one another and let's keep it simple and let's stick to what works is, is what I would be saying. Not, not bringing in you, now isn't the time for new, but the time is now is to, to get back to our routines and, and check in on one another and communicate with all, all stakeholders to get through the next couple of weeks. Yep. A great takeaway. And I think my takeaway from today's conversation is around well-being. That is the biggest focus as we head back into the classroom and for teachers and for students and for leaders is that we are making that front and centre and the core of what we're doing. Learning will come, but we need to make sure that we are supporting our students as they transition and supporting our staff as they transition back into that space. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Agreed. Nicely said, Alice. Relationships yes. first. Absolutely. Everything yeah. else second. Absolutely. Yeah. That concludes episode 20 on returning to school. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and got some key takeaways from our discussion. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear your episode suggestions or your ideas around what we have spoken about in this episode. Until next time, we'll see you soon.